Listen up, ancient soul. There is wisdom in your bones, and this can serve you in your life and in your work. And before we begin, let's ask permissions to the indigenous, rightful stewards of the lands we sit upon and welcome the directions, the blessings of the East, of the South, of the West, of the North, of above, of below, and within, bringing ourselves through all time and space to be here. Let's breathe in and out, laying an offering on the ground, and let's merge soul and earth. ways I'm not going to get this right and I'm not going to get this right because I think that as a human I'm still in synthesis with this and as a collective we are in the middle of figuring it out so many years ago I wrote a book called the priestess code awakening the modern woman and that that specific time in my life and granted it took me 10 years to write that book but who's counting? Um, I was really in this identification with the feminine. I was in the place of really making the distinction of the feminine be known within myself and then also inviting other people to look at the feminine aspects of themselves. And in some ways, I think we all have had to do that kind of inquiry. And also at the same time, I think that there is something more exact that's available for us and we are figuring it out. If we take a look at kids today and their identification with some kind of gender identity, we start to understand that the way that we experience and perform gender goes beyond our biology. And I can tell you this, and this isn't something that I share that often, but I know if I would have had the option to select more than one gender, I would have done that. I grew up very much a tomboy, and I also grew up in a Latin culture where First of all, being queer or being attracted to someone of the same sex or both was not even something that was talked about or a possibility. It was incredibly taboo, which I think most people of my generation have that experience anyway. But I often think about that little girl who used to play house with her neighbors and would always go to be the father. And the reason I would do that, and maybe my friends that were girls thought it was a little weird, but the reason I did that, because that was like the only space where being a boy was allowed for me. So I often think about that little girl. I often think about that person. And I often think about had Asha, Ashita, had she had the choice of connecting to her own identity and defining it for Asha self, 
would I have chosen differently? And did you see what I did all, all throughout this thing? As I started talking about myself as a she, her, and then I moved to the identification of just the name. And maybe it's a little harder, right, to bring, to change our language so that we can honor humans. I get that. And quite frankly, this episode was not even going to be about that. It was really going to be about what does it mean to heal the God goddess within? And I think the binaries do offer some kind of look, some kind of lens by which we can start taking a look at the identities, the characteristics that we have taken based on a system based on society norms and kind of um, challenge that, wrestle within ourselves to say, I want to perform just myself. I don't even want to perform some kind of genderized way. I just want to be me. I think you get that, right? I think that that's what our kids today are forcing us to take a look at. I'm not saying that it's easy for a lot of people, but to me, it just feels like an easy lean into respecting whatever it is that someone wants. So back to me writing this book and back to me needing to understand that the overtly, let's in quotes, masculine characteristics that I was exercising were not exactly in integrity with what my spirit really was. Like it felt as though as a mom of two, married, primary breadwinner, I was like overtly expressing more masculine acceptable traits. And Even though there was a part of that ambition and part of that like goal getting and part of that like super active part of me that I was very much enjoying, I was also missing out on this other part of me. I was also missing out on the softer part of me, this nurturing part of me. And quite frankly, the part of me that wanted rest and the part of me that wanted to just suspend myself and what would it mean for me to be cared for. And at the time, I was looking at that as masculine and feminine. And in fact, I still think I kind of play with those words because that's just the descriptions that I have in my mind. But I just don't think they're accurate enough. I think that the archetypes of who we are and our characteristics and our essence is kind of beyond gender, right? Like I, I, I think we can all agree on that, right? It, just because you're a fiery person, that doesn't mean that you are more masculine. If you're ambitious, that doesn't mean you're masculine. That just means you're ambitious. One of the things that I have loved about the Hindu pantheon of deities is that the gods and goddesses have so many different characteristics. So if you want a more fiery archetype or expression of what seems like a woman, you have access to that. If you want some model of beauty and grace, you have a model for that. 
And the other thing that I really love, especially about the Hindu deities, is that you cannot talk about one aspect, say the masculine, without speaking about the feminine. They are a pair. They are each other's consorts. They they exist because the other one is. And in fact, if the masculine seems to be louder, is because the feminine is holding it. So they're one and the same. They are combined. They are together. And what I see in that is that that expression that seems as though are two separate beings are actually expressions within ourselves that we have access to. We have both inside of us, every single person. And for our very simplistic mind, we kind of separate it and genderize it in this way as a way for ourselves to understand ourselves better. And I don't think that in itself is a bad thing. I think that when we become so fixated on the definitions is when we lose a bit because that's when we start separating ourselves and not bringing ourselves back together. And this kind of goes with the whole concept that I wanted to talk to you about of the bringing the God and goddess within. So one of the ways of bringing them together or healing them is the unification of the two, is the Shiva Shakti. Shiva being consciousness and yes, male, and Shakti being the Kundalini or the movement that meets her beloved. And again, I'm genderizing again. Do you see how we can't escape this? There's another piece that I want to bring into this, something that has really helped me to kind of flip my mind around. I love anything that is kind of like a mind fuck and makes my head go, huh? Like, I don't know what to do with this. Because the moment that my mind is trying to figure it out and it can't make sense of it is when I start kind of dropping into my heart. And here's the thing. You and I primarily know the earth to be feminine, right? Mother Earth. And we envision the sky to be masculine, Father Sky. We also have, many of us, maybe not you, but me for sure, we see Mother as nurturing as the earth and we see God as this like overriding entity that is like somewhere up there away from me and is like looking down on me where mother sits at my feet, always holding me. But here's where the mind fuck comes in. In Egyptian tradition, Nut is the goddess representing the sky and Geb is the god representing the earth. And so I love that some other lineage flips them because then it allows me to flip them also within myself. And it allows me to not like make one definition be the one. And this is something that I've learned recently in my life is like the more that I try to fix some kind of definition is the moment that life just shows me how, nope, we can actually flip that upside down and show you something else. 
So part of what I want to bring to all of us is that we start questioning the way we look at goddess energy and the way we look at God energy, or the way we look at female energy and the way we look at masculine energy. One of my favorite shows is Ted Lasso, which is like a favorite of most people. And the reason I really loved it is because it has allowed men to see themselves differently. It has allowed men to, in a light tone, but yet depth and, you know, with humor, show how they can also heal. And for those of you who don't know, I've been partnered with a man for 23 years And he is a remarkable human. And for sure, we do not have a perfect relationship for those who are wondering, but he's a remarkable human. And you and I are lucky enough to get to hear a really vulnerable moment in his life. See, his father has just passed and I have been moved to tears just witnessing the way that Through the years, he forgave his father and showed up to his father at the end with such grace. You would never know that they didn't have a good relationship. You would never know that his father was not the best dad. Let's just say that. So yeah, you and I are lucky enough to hear in this next part, Glenn talking about his father's eulogy. So we get to read that. We get to hear that and listen to these like amazing words that he shares. And then he shares his advice to us. For those of us, especially who don't have the best relationships with our father. My dad would often say, let's see where we all are in time and space. There is now no more time and only infinite space to search for closure to his life. How were we affected by his teachings and the lack thereof? What did this man, our father, truly mean to us? We have mostly endless phone calls about nonsense to reflect on since he chose to live so far away. I can count the number of times we were actually in each other's presence, especially in this last decade of his life. Sadly, This is the first time in all his years out in the desert that all three of his kids were here together. We never made the time, each of us caught up in the busy of life. He'd have loved to have us all around, but time and space never converged. And now here we are, sifting through his life's belongings like archaeologists assessing the value in the shards that remain. There are old coins and colorful kachina dolls, swords and pistols, so many faded throw blankets, piles of watches that no longer keep time. Military uniforms crowd his closets, collecting dust and piles of clothing wrapped in plastic, once freshly washed, but sadly never worn. His toiletries, some that are the same brand he'd used his whole life, like the aftershave or that brown hairbrush. He'd always say hairbrush, Never just brush, I'm guessing, to eliminate the confusion of a toothbrush or a toilet brush. My, his dadisms always popping up at random, forever to be part of the cacophony in our daily lives. 
So many pairs of tennis shoes, hangers full of golf shirts. I've never seen the man play golf or swing a tennis racket. But that's our dad. Just things, all of this that's left behind, but woven together tell a story, his story. He loved his history. There are books about historical battles and Mitchner novels about the Old West. So I feel it very fitting that he finds his peace resting here amongst the Choya cactus and this unforgiving landscape, like some old worn out cowboy from those novels he used to like. His body is now just dust, ready to assimilate with the desert he so loved. Rumi says, the soul can rest in peace when it finds its true home. We'll all understand someday in time and space. I guess the only advice I could give to someone who has a complicated relationship with their parent, particularly their father maybe, is that you've got to find a way to forgive them. Like, top of the mountain, that's the one thing. And really, it's made all the difference in my whole relationship with my father to be able to find ways throughout the years and decades to forgive him because he constantly disappointed me in many ways. And it would be years go on and we'd have a good thing going and then he would just he would just be him and it would just ruin our relationship for months and months so that would be the biggest thing that's so wise right so let's talk about forgiveness forgiveness goes beyond forgiving another person our parents for sure give us plenty of content to play with And they are the first models of what man is and first model of what woman is. They dictate and flavor the way in which we enter into relationship with ourselves and relationship with other humans. And yet, there is also a deep forgiveness that comes as we kind of like point it towards ourselves. And I know I'm talking in more general terms and like, but hear me out. I did this exercise where I started asking myself what my relationship to God was and what my relationship to the goddess was. And maybe for this, I gotta, we gotta like go back in time. I grew up in Venezuela and When I was in about fourth grade, I went to a Christian school. And in 10th grade, I went to this like born again school that I, it was like a boarding school. And I would say that it was a deep indoctrination and brainwashing into accepting and internalizing a very patriarchal white cis, hetero cis gendered hierarchy. And this kind of um, curriculum and dogma was so psychologically damaging that it perpetuated shame in women 
and perpetuated a sense of men know best and women, we are the reason men falter. You know, the whole Adam and Eve thing, right? And so by the time I graduated from high school, I had this idea of God as a just God, but who also like was checking out that I was doing the correct thing. And not to say that it's not kind of important to do the right things, but if you've been around these kind of communities, you know how constricting it can be and how much it just becomes about stifling the spirit of the person so that they can kind of fall into whatever the laws are, right? It took me years to unravel from that. And my idea of God still to this day, well, maybe not today, but prior to this thing that I'm going to share with you, was that God was this like overriding, making calls in my life that may or may not be the most, like the biggest blessing to my human, right? Like God was like, navigating and guiding something that was going to be like good for the soul, but maybe not so awesome for the human. And I saw the goddess as always nurturing, always loving, always guiding every step of the way in a way that felt to me like I was actually being loved. And the moment that I realized that I was putting God into categories is kind of the moment that I was like, oh my God, no wonder I have such a disembodied relationship, not only with what I view as God, as the divine, as the field, as cosmic love, I also have a disembodied experience with myself. Like I'm separating myself because if we're separating divinity, we're most likely separating ourselves. And there was something about that that was like a huge aha for me. And I started merging the two. So I stopped looking at the two as separate entities, but actually started like feeling into my own system what it meant to merge the two. It was a huge aha for me to start seeing things this way. And... I want to offer you a little exercise while we're here. And it's not going to take that long, but certainly don't do this if you're driving. But do sit down. Take a deep breath in through your nose and out your mouth. And one more inhale and one more exhale and one more inhale and one more exhale. And start seeing half of you as feminine and the other half of you as masculine. And start seeing that coming together within your body and merging, having the edges of each other just merge like they're melting together. And breathe in and out. And now I want you to imagine a triangle going from 
tracing it from the top of your head to your hip, to your right hip, from your right hip to your left hip, and then your left hip to the top of the head. So a triangle that's pointing upward. And imagine that as you call in the God aspect, breathing in and out. And now let's call in the goddess self, imagining a triangle going from your right shoulder to your left shoulder and from your left shoulder down to your root and from your root to your right shoulder. So a triangle pointing down, meeting at your root. And breathe in and out and in and out as you call in the goddess and begin to merge the two triangles. They belong together. And take three deep breaths as you see both triangles merging. Breathing in and out, in and out, in and out. Many years ago, I met a woman named Susan LeClaire who had this brilliant philosophy around parenting ourselves. It was like a, a form of conscious parenting, but really it was about reparenting ourselves. And I think it's brilliant. And in many ways, I think that that is a lot of what we're doing all the time, whether we have kids or not. We are in this opportunity in these experiences to let ourselves heal from the past and love ourselves deeper. Or even if we had great childhoods, it's an opportunity for us to feel the experience of great love. It's my hope and prayer that by seeing God and goddess differently, we may be able to see ourselves differently, see ourselves as whole, meet people where they are, however they want us to address them. Understand that as humans, we are always in transition. We are always in synthesis. And wouldn't we want that kind of respect for others to give us space to let us be as we're transitioning into our next evolution. So let's just do that for each other, you know? I know that it can become so sexy to be in great conviction to what we believe to be true. And we, in many ways, like my past Christian friends, we want to evangelize people. And yet, the only evangelizing that's really needed is for us to hold each other so that we can come home to ourselves in whatever way that is. So what I want to leave you with is that as you heard everything that I shared, I really want you to connect to your own discernment. And I want you to take in what really resonates with you and what doesn't resonate just 
compost it. Just leave it behind. It's totally okay. You and I can be in relationship and we don't actually have to agree on everything. It's totally okay. But what I will ask in this community, what I will ask of you and I will ask of myself is that we remember to not only seek liberation for our own self, for the people we love, but then also for the rest of humanity. I think healing the goddess and the God within is kind of heavy work. So I hope that you'll do something kind for yourself today and that this process and this two-minute meditation that I shared, that it bring you the lightness of your spirit. Om Lokaha Samastaha Sukino Bhavantu Shanti, 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 Om. May all beings be happy and free and may everything I say, think, and do contribute to the liberation of all sentient beings. Let's seal the ceremonial space in the north, in the east, in the south, in the west, above, below, and within. And with this, we say thank you thank you thank you breathing in and breathing out <laughs> <laughs>